Uh, this is the Guilty Pleasures Podcast, episode 22, I believe. Um, People are keeping on, count. Well, well someone's <laughs> got to. Uh, we start off this episode. Okay, we'll get, let's get the Twitter out of the way, Sean. I'm at Sugar Jam, S U G A J A M. Scott McCrickard at S C O T T M C C R I C K A R D. Okay, I'm Dave Martin. At, I'm. What was the last part? Uh, or Mix C. I think it's MC, MC, Big C. Also How hard is it to change that? I don't know. Too hard for me, apparently. <laughs> uh, my name is Dave Martin. You can find me at, at Dave Martin World or uh, my website, which is still under construction, man. Uh, or But go watch it anyways. Uh, is DaveMartinWorld.com. Uh, on this episode, we started off talking about diaries and sharing. And uh, then we get into a little bit about Mike Tyson. Um, and Rob Ford. Yeah. yeah, a little bit more on Rob Ford. We can't get off of the Rob Ford. Everyone well, loves to talk about Rob Ford. When you're so deep in it, I was watching one of the news channels, and they were like, the, one of the, the ladies, Lisa Laflamme, what's her name? She sure. said, I know this is very local, but Rob Ford is, because he, um, it's always those moments you think the other rest of the country is just like, fuck you, Toronto, you yeah. and your Rob Ford. But it must be entertaining yeah. for them too, right? Well, he's a worldwide figure yeah, now. It's not even a, a question of what does the rest of Canada think. It's, it's kind of like no. But I was talking to someone. He's like in a Vancouver. Kardashian. He's like someone a Kardashian. Someone in Vancouver was telling me that at first that's what they thought, like fuck Toronto. But now everyone connects them to Rob Ford too. So people right. in Vancouver are getting the Rob Ford label too. So now they are concerned about Rob Ford. They're like, oh no, this is making yeah. the whole country look bad now. Right. It's only a matter of time before he goes to North Korea. <laughs> you can work some shit out. Oh, look at this, Rob Ford. He's pretty cool. Ford and uh, <laughs> together at last. These, uh, then we talk a little bit about. We talk a lot about tragedy. Tragedy is the main theme. Uh, that was supposed to be the theme, whole theme of the show. It is, and the, then the it, I think it's, it's a bit in there. No, yeah. it's the theme. It's the theme. It's the theme. It's a tragedy. It's a. Tragedy theme. <laughs> Anyways, then uh, I think we take a break and we come back and we listen to a little bit of the song "Tragedy." The Bee Gees, baby. And then we talk about John Lennon. We talk about uh, and lesser tragedy glitter that came, glitter out, on came the, out on September 11th. Yes, and then we talk about uh, Princess Diana and where where we were when we found out she had been killed. Anyways, this is episode 22. <laughs> guilty pleasures. It's the guilty pleasures podcast. TV dark food. With your hosts, Dave Martin, Ooh. Sugar Jam, and Scott McCricker. Yeah, Daddy. To be or not to be, this week we're discussing the guilty pleasures associated with tragedies. From Shakespeare to the Bee Gees. From a mystery location in Toronto, Canada. You know, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. People don't have that little black book. Remember that? Did you ever have one of those? I never had a black book for the purpose of like writing down phone numbers of girls. Right, in, yeah. But I, in fact, I've never known anyone who actually had a book like well, that. Other than, other than Fonzie. Uh, well, I mean a real person. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fonzie's Although, not real? Capital little black books. I never had a, a little black. I, did, I don't think I was. Uh, I don't think I had enough. Girlfriends to warrant having a book full of phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I haven't had enough. I had a black page. <laughs> well, I had a line, really. I had a black sc- scrap of paper. <laughs> I had a black Word document. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, I don't know where that comes from because I think if you're a guy that you have enough numbers that you have to fill up an entire book, that just seems more like a fictional thing to me. I think that sound, it sounded like something that people would like. Hey, man, I'll put that down in my little black book. You know what yeah. I'm saying? How little is that book? You know? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I remember I used to just add like a piece of paper that I had all my phone numbers written down on. And I would just go and I would photocopy it. And I, I think would I would have a that. phone book where I would write down the numbers of everyone I knew. But I, it wasn't uh, just specifically for, oh, I need a date. It's Friday night. Let me go flip through my book. And, no, I, oh, God, no, I know. never had anything like that. But who did have, like, maybe, like, what, early 70s, maybe this was going on to, yeah. towards the disco era? <laughs> Like, well, like, more of a maybe a late late seventies, eighties sort of thing about having the 
Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I really don't know who had ever right. actually had a little black book that, that actually meant something to them. Yeah, I mean, I had diaries, which is also a bad idea because I had someone uh, one time, a girl in high school, uh, read my diary. How? How did that happen? Um, well, I was living with a friend, and uh, I guess we had a party, and I did have a diary under my bed. I guess the stupid number one stupid part was leaving my diary under the bed. Right. And then this girl who recently tried to friend me on Facebook, and I was like, forget it. You know, but she read the diary and then told this girl that I liked her. Yeah. And then that destroyed my friendship with this girl. And uh, and then recently, yeah, it's like, oh, I, she wants to be your friend on Facebook. I'm like, even though then what we back, put on Dear Facebook. Diary, she wants to be my friend again. <laughs> even though what we put on Facebook in our blogs is sometimes more personal than yeah. what we ever put in our diaries anyway, you know. Well, that's the funny thing. It's just I, the idea that... Uh, that someone would write something down in a book that they never wanted anyone to read but themselves and then just document their own thoughts is such yeah, a it's such a, a foreign it's such a foreign idea now because everyone's sort of like well, if I'm going to write it down, everyone should read it, right? Well, yeah. it's like a blog is almost like a new diary. It's a diary and anyone can read it and I stopped having a blog cuz I got into trouble. Uh, people got upset because people were reading it, uh, which I guess is what surprised me as well, was that people were actually reading my blog. And then sometimes I would encounter people and they'd be right. like, Sean, I read your blog, you know, and then they'd either so be upset or they would be like, I, I know what you mean or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, fuck, people are reading it. <laughs> I know. Well, that's so right. We've gone from private thoughts, diaries with a lock and you put it in a special place to shooting all your thoughts onto the internet now, yeah. right? That's and weird. everyone does it. And I, I, I Nothing decided sacred anymore. Twitter was better because I thought, you know what, it's better if I just simplify my thoughts because writing a big, huge article about absolutely everything I feel is not the best thing for some of my friendships really were destroyed by this blog. So I, I just... I, I sometimes I think about doing a blog again, but it would have to be more of a theme. Like I would discuss something like psychology or something, but I would never just do an open-ended blog about everything. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, a, a diary was almost sort of like your confessions to a therapist that yeah. it that wasn't like that someone someone's not supposed to read it. You know, just it's to get just, it it's, yeah, it's just supposed to be for you to get it out. And it's healthy to do that, except yeah. right. you do put yourself in danger of someone might read. Well, again, I. I, pretty soon the word diary probably won't even mean anything because people won't even know what you're talking about. They'll be like, oh, a blog. I mean, the first time I heard about a blog, it was uh, this guy in, at Second City Classes, Lou. Do you remember Lou? Oh, he's still around, baby. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, I'm a published author. Yeah. And I was like, you are? What, what did you write? And then he gave me this card and it had a web address on it. And I went <laughs> to it and it was all his political opinions and everything and his whole life story. And I was like, what is this? That was the first time I ever encountered a blog. And then another friend of mine had a blog. I don't know. Maybe it was like 10 years ago. And everyone was getting upset about what he was writing. And I went to that, too. And I was like, I can't believe he's putting all of this out there. And then, you know, cut to a few years later, I was doing the exact same thing. Oh, now it's like you see people post, oh, I wrote about this on my blog, too. Like everyone has a fucking blog now. Well, and everyone has a, has a podcast too. I, I know. Mean. I hit those. Well, wait, not everyone. <laughs> but ours is important. Yes. <laughs> ours that we are not actually concerned about how many people are actually listening. I used to yet, put a, but... do a podcast and then hide it under my bed <laughs> so no one would listen to it. <laughs> and then someone listened and to then, it. <gasps> my friendships were ruined. <laughs> no, but I mean, in, in some way, I mean, uh, when we were very such a, a, a me-oriented society now, that uh, yeah, the idea of writing something down and not sharing it or the doing anything and not sharing. And it's such a, a thing that people would be like, really? Why, why would you want the world to know that? And it's just we're such an over-the-top sort of like... We uh, grieve openly. We want... You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, the problem... I, mean, I think in some ways... I didn't mean to interrupt, but I mean in some ways I think it's good because uh, that a lot of those things that people would keep bottled up that eventually would sort of manifest in other ways that like, you know, you know guys that were frustrated with their home life and they would just go to a bar and, and drink and then come home and... You know, beat up their kids or something like that. Now they don't. They feel like that they could probably go to like a a therapist or some meeting or something like that and get their feelings out in other ways other than like you know drinking them away. Yeah. So uh, I think in, in some ways it's it's good, but in other ways it's sort of like, well, you know, you could keep some shit to yourself too. 
It's it, it is good to to release those things. Uh, I, at one time, I was actually thinking it's funny because uh, I remember in the olden days that uh, women used to get calls like the sex calls. Right, like some pervert would call and start breathing heavy was the thing they were. Right, like, yeah. The guy called and he started breathing heavy, and then he said foul words, and then someone decided, why don't we have phone sex lines where men can just call up and just pay someone to say these things, and now you don't really hear about these calls. Anymore. Call display, fuck that up for me. Let me tell you how much, how much fun I would have on a Saturday evening. I don't know, when, calling around ladies. When, when was the last time that anyone got a prank phone call? I, I don't think it happens anymore. It Whoa, just seems yeah. to. But there's so many ways for people, like you said, to release. For me, the problem with blogging and being on the internet was before there was an internet and I had a computer. I used to write a lot. Lots of personal stuff, and it was a way I did sort of have therapy. And then the danger is that you can be sitting at your computer in your underwear, and you can be typing one of those things out, you know, like, this is what I think about the universe, and fuck this person, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, in an instant, that can be out there for the whole world. You don't have to wear a suit and tie in front of a computer anymore? I'm just saying, it <laughs> used to be a personal thing. You were at home, yeah. you were in your private space, and you would write a diary. You would write, you would type out a diary or whatever, and you didn't have to worry about it getting out there. Yeah, it was just for you. And then, but sometimes, it's like when people get fired, and then they write an angry letter. Have you ever written an angry letter to like a former employer or anything? I well, it's been a while since I've had an employer. But, <laughs> well, um, uh, as, he still writes angry letters. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you know, to occupant. Yeah, the best thing to do is you write the angry letter. That's fine, and then you put it in a drawer. Right, and then you yeah. forget about it. Right, but the the mistake is when you write the angry letter and then in a in a, a fit of rage decide that you're going to actually send that email to your former employer or whatever well yeah they, they don't have like there's the they don't stress the, the cooling off period you know like when you try to buy a gun yeah you know the idea that you can there there are some states where they they don't want you to have like a 24 hour like a 24 or 48 hour cooling off period they they really want you no know, hey if someone go want goes into a gun store they should be able to buy one immediately Rather than like, hey, you know what, my my neighbor's pissing me off. I'm gonna go and buy a gun, and then they're like, no, 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 you're okay. You can buy the gun, but in two days you can come and pick it up, and hopefully they're like, oh, in the whatever rage you have at that moment might dissipate in like two days. Yeah, you're not gonna be like, yeah. ah, yeah. That's why you should never send those letters. But sometimes when you're angry, you're not thinking straight, and you do. Uh, there's stuff they call <laughs> that's compul- what I'm thinking the most compulsive straight. behavior. At least in those days, when you sent a letter, you can try and do that old thing like in movies where you try and. Get to the person's house before the mail comes and steal that letter back. But the internet, once you push send, it's it's gone. Even though you delete it, someone has already probably retweeted it or sent it off to someone else. It's there forever. Like it's uh, yeah, yeah. So you can get into a lot of trouble with that stuff. As I've learned with personal experience, that you can get a just for writing a blog. You think I don't know. I I, it's just a strange thing because in a way you do think it's sort of private. It's like well, everyone's putting this stuff out there and. Here's my thoughts about that. But right. then someone actually reads it and gets angry, and, and that's happened. So. Well, it was that whole that uh, – did you guys see that Mike Tyson video uh, where he was on city TV? Yes. Best thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, I, I wish more TV was live. Well, I wish more TV was live, and I – like I got – it's like – okay. The, the thing I wrote was – and I do think that that reporter was a bit of a piece of shit for bringing that up. And, yeah, and a rat piece of shit is how he put it. Actually, <laughs> right? He didn't leave though. I like he, he, he sat there calling him motherfucking shit, and he still sat there. And, 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 and who was that guy beside him? Was that like? His well, I think that was his uh, promoter, his yeah, wrangler, the promoter or something who like kept trying to smooth the whole thing yeah. over. Well, and, I, I get and it. We're going to Monaco. You're a piece, you're a piece of fucking shit. Yeah, and we'll also be touring around. Hey, motherfucking, come in my fucking. Well, you so could see it in Mike Tyson's eyes too, right? You could just see him. When he wasn't talking, he was just glaring but at you the see guy. Change because now he would normally would probably rip the guy's head off. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I said, I you know, I was like, I I think Mike Tyson is right on the money for getting angry at this guy. You know, why bring up a case that's twenty two years old uh, where he's coming in to promote a live event? Uh, this guy, uh, this reporter is just trying to you know create some controversy and uh, try to make a sensational piece of video and and uh, and get some more fame for himself. And then people started to. 
you know, then people sort of misinterpreted that as I wasn't necessarily sticking up for Mike Tyson. I was more sticking up for the idea that that this guy was a piece of shit. And hey, where ten, did you get in trouble for this? Uh, just on Facebook. On Facebook. And, okay. and, just wanted to make right. it clear. It fits with what, what yeah. we were talking about. Right. Earlier. No. But and, but it's just how uh, uh, I, I put that out on Facebook, and then everybody started sort of being. Uh, there was this one guy that was just sort of like, "Well, hey, you know what? You shouldn't be sticking up for rapists." And I was like, "Hey, first of all, he went to fucking prison." First the guy of all. went to prison and he did his time. And then he got out, and it's sort of like, and other it, people have had him in film. He's been in feature films. I know. So every time Jimmy Kimmel has Mike Tyson on and doesn't introduce him as a former rapist, former you know, Mike Tyson, former rapist. Just yeah. to take the other side of it, I think what the guy was pointing out is that it's just when Rob Ford has people come in and endorse him, it's usually someone of questionable character, and this was another example uh, where it's like. Mike Tyson, that's who you get to come in and, and endorse you, and then you start thinking about everything Mike Tyson has done. Or it could be people that have done wrong and I'm trying to redeem themselves. Well, in, right. in, in a way, I mean, I like that Mike Tyson has written this show. Like, I like that the guy is and trying it's to move it's forward. it's a critically acclaimed show. Every, like, oh, yeah, no, I understand that. And I like that he's trying to move forward and change his life and everything. And he's been right. in a brutal sport, and I'm sure his brain is screwed up. But... You know, it's just the, the the optics of it. When you think of Rob Ford and you think of the litany of all the things that he's done, and then Mike Tyson, it's like, oh, these two go together, of course. You know, so, optics is a big big catch word yeah, these days, optics. man. It's all about optics, not about substance. Sometimes it's just about how it appears. Well, I think that's what he was saying, right? He was like, how do you think people will feel about you, a convicted rapist, endorsing? Yeah, the but mayor? you know what? But 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 I, I think you talk about my show. <laughs> yeah. But I'm with the song and dance. Who, who the fuck is this guy? I come in here to talk about me. And, but the thing is that the guy, like, it, it was clear. I, mean, I think the guy's full of shit. I mean, it was clear that the guy try, wanted to try to make a scene on TV by posing. And it's like, Which is it, a gutsy move with a guy who it's you know, a gutsy bites move. your ear off if he doesn't like wasn't you. It like right. an afternoon show. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a 2020. It wasn't Barbara right. Walters' expose. I just don't I'm think, sure there were parameters. Usually there's parameters when you have They might not have meat. asked that, yeah. but I think if the guy had any genuine sense about him, and I, I think if he had, you know, if he wasn't such a hack interviewer, he would have sat down with him and just said, you know, you're a very controversial guy. You know, you uh, you've you've done time in, you've done time in prison. Yeah. You know you've had scandals in the in, in and out of the ring. Uh, do you think that maybe sort of your former bad reputation might uh, reflect poorly on on the mayor's new race? Yeah, there's another and, but, way and, and, you but, could have said it. I guess. But yeah, but just having like making giving like a sucker punch of a comment like that of just saying as a former rapist. I mean that's like saying you know I mean every time that someone sat down with Ted Kennedy and said hey well you know uh, as as a as a as a guy that is uh, uh, familiar with leaving the scene of a crime and letting a woman drown in a car. What do you think about Barack Obama's chances to become the next uh, president of the United States? Sort of like, you know, I mean, Ted Kennedy, a horrible pass. Every time someone sat down with, you know, Keith Richards, was, as a former drug addict, what do you think about your next tour that you're going? Or like, you know, it's just there's, you know, if you, it just the guy clearly was a dick and trying to make a, a spectacle on TV. Well, I'm and not he so got sure it. he's a dick. I mean, I, I think I, he's, I a, think he's he, a bit of a downer. <laughs> he, you know, uh, I, yeah, what's his name? Nigel Downer. downer? Yes. So I think, uh, to me, it's like, is this guy fair game? Is what he's done in his past fair game? It sure if he's going to be pr- promoting a mayor that is a big problem for a lot of people in the city, you know, it's, I, 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 I certainly didn't. And if it's great TV, he's part of that great TV. But I don't did, did he promoting say the mayor either? I think he just went to go see him. He probably goes, "I got some issues. This guy, this guy's been on Jimmy Kimmel. I've been on Jimmy Kimmel. I'm gonna go see him. I'm gonna go see this guy." But I mean, but <laughs> I, I don't. She went to go see Rob Ford. Said. Hey, Rob, we couldn't tell who was talking. It was Rob Ford or Mike Tyson? Well, hey, Mike. A, hey, Rob. Yeah, the other one. I'm not yet. Like I don't think Mike Tyson actually endorsed the mayor. I think he just said that like. Uh, someone asked him about uh, Mayor Rob Ford. He's like, "Yeah, he's the most popular. Uh, he's the most popular mayor in in all of America." And yeah, he probably is. But yeah, I just I, I never endorse him. Endorse is that is that is that planet where the Ewoks are from? Yeah. Endorse. Okay. Well, here's something <laughs> but, else. But I just I, I just I just wanted to say that it was Ray, just like okay. The, the the only thing it was just like if if you're gonna get mad at me for the, calling. Well, him, I'm not mad at you. Okay, thank you. I'm glad. The the uh, I the, believe in open down, open discussion. <laughs> but the thing was I don't like, believe in shaming people for. 
these things. That but the guy people said, do on Facebook. They the, do. There's a lot of shaming. The guy said on. that. The guy said that I was like a defend. He said I was defending rapists, and I'm like, well, then you know what? You you better get outside of every you know screening of the Hangover and get a protest sign. And every time that someone, you know, I mean, even a guy that we know from Second City, Albert Howell, I think writes on the Tonight Show, and it was just like, well, the next time Mike Tyson is a a, a guest on the Tonight Show, if uh, you know Jimmy Fallon doesn't introduce him as former rapist, then you better make okay, us think about that too. Okay, but I had a problem too. with the Tonight Show having Chris Brown on the other night. Well, I, I don't go. think. Yeah. Well, then I have a problem with it because I think there's so many talented people. Right. And uh, first of all, I don't feel like that many people even knew who Chris Brown was until he hit Rihanna. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's a household name. He's winning Grammys. Uh, there was one Grammy uh, uh, award show that happened after that happened where he had two performances, not one like most people, two. And then he wins a Grammy, and then he's on The Tonight Show. And it's like, look, I get that maybe... Actually, I don't even think he's really that sorry about it because he, he dodged a lot of the community work he had to do. So well, Didn't he like, try to throw a chair? Wasn't he on Good Morning America? The guy, then- his, there's a problem with this guy. And you know what? There's a lot of talented people that are just as talented, if not more talented, than Chris Brown. So why do they keep promoting Chris Brown? It's the rewarding of these guys that I can't stand. Well, it, it, like the, the, it's a bad boy thing, right? Well, uh, but he's, it, got, he's got baggage. Let's I, have I'm surprised how many women defend Chris Brown, Yes, too. and women defending Ray Rice, wearing his jersey his to the is. football game. Yeah, well, here's my problem. Isn't there better people in this world to have empathy for? Even with the Rob Ford situation, it's like, fine, okay, everyone have empathy. Your thoughts are with Rob for in his family are your thoughts for with the other people in the hospital that have tumors as well or just rob ford well, why is that guy getting all of the empathy well what? it was a cavalcade of hypocrites of when people found out that rob ford had a tumor and then people were like so what do you think well i hope he gets better and you know like a week ago people were like oh he should get out of the race that was a piece of trash he should die I'm hearing so, the opposite. people making fun of the tumors i go well you know what? i hope karma it does exist because uh certain things you just can't you shouldn't but I, I mean, if the guy's really ill. It's, I mean, that's yeah, a horrible like, thing, man. It's like you know. Yeah, it's a, it is a horrible thing. The, is this a horrible thought? And yes. like, okay, I forget <laughs> about it. I'm going to shame you. One more person before we move on is that is that uh, Sean Connery has, has been known to say. A woman could use a good schlap once in a while, right? Well, I think he... Well, he, he said schlap, not slap. Oh, that's right. Sorry, schlap. Yeah. <laughs> she, she should carry things once in a while. It's a, a good schlap. It's a, it's a Scottish dish. Oh, a dish. Dish. A dish. The, yeah, uh, no, well, actually, well, Sean Connery said that if a things. woman becomes hysterical, it's perfectly acceptable to slap her. Which I'm sort of like, I think if anyone is hysterical, you could slap them. <laughs> can I slap Sean Connery? Uh, if you can find him, now. but yeah. He's a little old right now. He yeah. might kill him. Um, the, the, okay, now this is always a, I, I feel bad even thinking about this, but um, <laughs> like after the Chris Brown, or well, I guess once Chris Brown became more popular again, or people were like accepting. After he hit Rihanna. After yeah. he hit Rihanna, and he became, you know, oh, hey, look, he's back and we still like him or some whatever fucking reason. I mean, well, actually, actually I'm surprised that Michael Vick's people still are, are all accepting of him now at, in, in the NFL. And Ray Rice is going to come back in a year, too, I'm sure, somewhere, uh, and, and play football again. Uh, but the and thing- everyone will be like, give him a second chance. And I was like, well, what about all the people that didn't get a first chance? How about them? Yeah. The, the, okay, the thing about Rihanna was like, there was almost a part she of me. She went back to the guy, too. Didn't Rihanna go back to Chris Brown for a bit? Sure, she, I think so. Didn't, for didn't, a bit, yeah. yeah. Well, that's but, uh, a syndrome of the battered girlfriend. Right, the, well, yeah, and then not a and then, and then everyone's like a Ray Rice's wife. Everyone's like, well, they, but then they got married after he assaulted her the first time. It's like, well, you don't really know the underlying, you know, circumstances are for them. Yeah, Stockholm know. syndrome. And, and also, maybe she was, he might have like forced her into getting married so that she couldn't testify against him. I guess what I was saying was that there's almost a small part of me. It was just like, wouldn't it have been kind of interesting if Rihanna actually had died from? That beating that she that uh, Chris Brown gave her, and then I would have liked to have seen what would have happened to Chris Brown if if she actually had died from that beating. Like, w- would we eventually have come around and been like, "Oh, come on," we'll, or it's just it's almost like get over it. Well, there's rappers yeah. that uh, little Wayne, all those guys, little uh, this guy, little this, and little that. <laughs> Biggie's this and little that. Little Kim. Yeah, like they've well, been to prison for killing people and come back out and they're still embraced by the community. Well, Snoop Dogg is another example of that. He had a murder charge. I don't know if he actually murdered someone or not. And people love Snoop Dogg now. 
Well, you know, everyone at, loves Snoop Dogg. James now. Brown beat his wife up and down, and with cops with shotguns, and, and so did Johnny Carson too. He was like a known wife beater. Bill Crosby beat about his I, kids. I mean, I mean, people. It's like, Woody Allen, there's like a whole bunch of people that do horrible things. And what you if go, you beat wow. yourself up? Is that okay? What if, like, I beat myself up every night. I punch myself in the face. Like, oh, then they don't know who to I feel. Just, there is a video of me beating myself up in an elevator. I stayed with myself. Comes out. <laughs> it's just a picture of, yeah, I have some videotape of me sitting in a darkened room staring at the floor yeah. for hours. This may be shocking. <laughs> Children leave the room. We're about to show you a sad comic. <laughs> bad for himself because he didn't get a JFL showcase. <laughs> Um, so the subject today is tragedies, and we sort of touched on it a little bit. Uh, well, these are yeah, we talked some about, of them are tragic. Well, right, right, tragedies. Tragedy Whoa. is when you are some flaw in your character causes your downfall. Like it's it's usually your own. But sometimes people misuse the word tragedy because they just apply it to anything, like a car accident, a, a random accident. They'll be like, it's a tragedy. It's like, no, it's actually more of when you have an Achilles heel, when you have a weakness and you bring yourself down. Rob Ford is a tragic figure in that way, that he ha- that it's his own short, it's his own problems that bring him down. In, in the, I don't know if the tumor is because it's hereditary or what, but certainly the lifestyle didn't help. But that's more of a tragedy. Yeah, I think people are upset with Rob Porter's because he never really, I mean, he, he never really owns his sort of, he never owns up to sort of his tragic flaws. You know, he never seems to learn from them. No, he doesn't learn. And no. and, and one thing when we were talking about Mike Tyson was just that a lot of people were sort of like, well, you know what? Maybe if Mike Tyson answered that question about being a uh, a convicted rapist by saying, yes, I've done some horrible things in the past, yeah. and now I've learned from them, and I'm here to – and they're just – and that's what this show is about. Someone well, posts that too. But he's well, going to that kind of way. guy. But, they, but, but they're, yeah, they're, people are trying to put words in his mouth, and I'm sort of like, yeah, but that's not how Mike Tyson. That's not Mike Tyson. That's not how he speaks. That's not how he acts. He's like a child. If if, if he answered those questions so eloquently and well spoken, it wouldn't be him. He would be a he, boxer. I think he was dicked around by Don King a lot. too. Oh, horribly. He yeah. was kind of like um, like um, Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. He was yeah. kinda, oh, he who was also kinda... endorsed Rob Ford. But anyway, go ahead. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, he hasn't been around for a while because he cheated. He cheated all the time, but he, he's like another guy who's been sort of. He was like told, "This is this is fine. Drink this. Don't worry about it." Like they're just yeah. innocents that are molded into a thing, and they you know were created into a ball. Like for Tyson, he was just this big ball of anger. Yeah, and then and they have to strike out at someone. Something his head is getting bashed in. That's a sport where yeah. your brains are mush afterwards, and you can see it with him that his brains are I'm mush. Not, I'm not. I'm not justifying. I mean, it, I'm just saying like, football. To I mean, some Kobe Bryant still playing basketball. He raped a woman, didn't he? Can't, can't we yeah. also ask, is Ray Rice suffering? But his wife got over it. Can so, we ask yeah. if Ray Rice is, is suffering from brain damage from the sport that he plays, which might That's have what people led? people are asking, too. Well, I would ask that. I would ask that about OJ as well. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, that the one thing never people never talk about was... Was OJ brain damaged when he did this? I think. Well, I think the whole OJ thing was just a. It was a crime of passion. I think he showed up and he was just. Yeah, like, but it's the not being able to control anger, and these are sports that are very violent, and you act on your adrenaline, and you right. act. There's no, well, and all yeah, all problems are solved with a physical reaction. Yeah, like or Raging Bull, the movie is about that. It's about how this guy could he could not live in the real world. He would take that world of the 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 boxing ring, and then he would apply it to his his. Marriage, right? And you can't do that. But or, but or his yeah, brother. But then know. yeah. Then but when your physical reactions are rewarded, both you know uh, in yes, your professional life, and you've realized that your phys- your you know your physical actions can reward you outside of the ring as well, then it's sort of like yeah, you're you're sort of stuck on the how do you, you, you when you come from a world where nothing is resolved that you're not unfamiliar with things being resolved through you know discussion and uh, and, and actual you know verbal debate. Yeah, and I've had in, uh, problems with people who are football players throughout the course of my life because usually I find they're very difficult <laughs> people to deal with in the real world. Just get in the locker, Sean. <laughs> because they apply foot, and you see this with Rob and Doug Ford all the time. They always use football metaphors. They think that everything is a football game, right? You know, and that's the problem with that sport is that people, when they're into it, they can't see outside of it. They think everything's a football game. Isn't it, though? Really? <laughs> Aren't we all trying to get a little bit ahead? The, the tragedy of 9-11, and this, yesterday was the anniversary. Yeah, it's 9-12. Tra- we're recording me, this on 9-12. The tragedy there is that 
there were warnings that this was going to happen and they ignored it. They well, ignored yeah. them. Without the tragic yeah. flaw of America is that Bill Clinton tried to warn George W. Bush that he needed to worry about Osama bin Laden. And they were obsessed with Saddam Hussein. They just didn't care about Osama bin Laden, and they didn't take it seriously. Well, but I mean, yeah, but they'd been friends with – I mean, they created Saddam Hussein. They were friends with him for a long time. And I I don't know – That's also a tragedy. But – well, I here's the it. thing about the 9/11, which I, which really bugs me, and bugs me about the 9/11. Actually, was uh, it was like about like six or seven years in the making. They they were trying to. I yeah. think the, the, the it's the, the anniversary thing. The, the obsession people have with every year we have to relive this tragedy, and you know MSNBC just showed the footage like they showed it on that day, like how it un- unfolded, and uh, or people who are like for 20 years you have to have a vigil about. A massacre or something. I just think I don't think that's healthy for the the survivors. The, uh, the I saw a nine one a nine eleven widow, and she's like, it's hard because you're trying to move on with your life, and then every year you have to go through this thing again. That's a national tragedy, yeah. And you can't move on because everyone's like, no, it's this date. We all have to think about this. Well, I felt bad because I noticed that only one of my friends had a Facebook had a, a birthday on nine eleven. And I just felt I felt weird being like, how do you, how do you celebrate your anniversary? Are you allowed to not, not twin tower cakes? <laughs> do not do that. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of tragedies. <laughs> There's a lot of horrible things that happen in the world, and eventually you could just be sitting having a vigil for the whole year, holding a candle. It's because tra- yeah, every day is a tragiversity. Right. Yeah. Tra- yeah. <laughs> and then what are you doing? You're focusing on something negative all the time when you have to uh, go through this you know why do we have to go through it it was horrible the first time some people like it but, but, but get, re- get ready for well, it like, oh this guilt- is very exciting it's this is the guilty it. pleasure of it right yeah, i'm getting down i'm going down to the, the ground zero i'm, I'm getting there early zero. so i got a good seat well but <laughs> but, like, what? but in a weird way it is something that connects us all together because everyone really, everyone can remember where they were on a spur- yeah. specific day and some people something- want to just move on with and have, and have their own memorial some people probably like I love that the fact that the world is stopping to remember my someone, my personal tragedy, or like my husband who died in this thing, or like no one does the Hindenburg anymore. Like when when did that happen? Right, we don't do that. You know, or even Jonestown too. Why do we remember (laughs) the date John Lennon died and not the date John Lennon was born? Isn't that a more positive? I just pictured a Kool Aid guy. Kool Aid remembers. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) it was a sad day. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) why am I promoting this? (laughs) Sorry, so okay, wrong. so where were we all? Where were you on September 11th? What was going on? Uh, September 11th, 2001. <laughs> yes, or just <laughs> or, or 2006. No, I uh, no 2000. Uh, September 11th, 2001. Uh, uh, actually, I was uh, working as a extra on the TV show uh, Cold Squad, I believe it was, and um, we were shooting out at uh, some house in like Scar. Um, it was along oh, the yeah. water out in Scarborough or something before, and I was listening to the, I was listening to the Howard Stern show, and they were talking about Pamela Anderson and Kid Rock going out on a date somewhere in New York, and they mentioned, uh, uh, I remember hearing about it. They said, "Oh, a plane just crashed in the World Trade Center," and they didn't act like it was that big a deal. But then, eighteen minutes later, when the second plane hit, they were like, "Okay, this is something that's really going on here," and we were in a, uh, we were shooting in someone's house, and. They turned the TVs on immediately, and it was everyone just started gathering around the TV that was on set. And I remember the director just said, "You know, listen, we all know people that live in New York. You know, I got friends there, I got family there. You know, if we stop shooting today, we're going to have to come back here to this location and shoot again tomorrow. Let's just get all the scenes that we can get done today, and then we can all go home and reflect on today." And then I think Scott and I were living uh, together at the time. I remember uh, I got off work. And uh, I drove home, and then I started watching the footage on TV. And, and as soon as Scott came through the door, the first thing I said was, "Scott, did you have anything to do with this?" <laughs> Which uh, no. <laughs> what, 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 do you remember what you were doing? I was at work listening to Howard Stern. I was at, at work, and I heard they, they heard a plane hit the twin, uh, one of the towers, and they went on just talking like normal, like as if it was like a, like you said, like a Cessna or like a um, like a news plane, you know, kind of thing. Right, because it had happened before. Like a plane flew into the uh, the Chrysler building at one point, yeah. like then, back and, in the 30s, 40s. And then there was the second one, and they said, okay, this is, you know, then it went, almost got really serious. And then they said, oh, my God, a plane is at the Pentagon. And it was like, I was like, oh, my God. And then our, our building got evacuated because we're right across from the American consulate. 
so we got left i uh, got to leave work and then instead of going home i went to the local bar which is probably closer to the <laughs> probably closer to the embassy than my work is but i went there and everyone was there and everyone's just watching the tvs and it was just uh surreal like to see all it you know then it's got Oh. See, I remember there was a guy, one of the uh, one of the grips or one of the electric guys on set was um, was watching the TV and he was just people were immediately like, "Oh my God, this is it looks like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie," yeah. and people were already talking about how you know someone's already someone's already writing the getting the rights for this, and it, I, it's it's amazing how quickly it became into something like how do we market this? Yeah, and how do we and what what was the the funniest thing to me was always. Oh, you know, I think a year or two after nine eleven, or maybe the 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 two thousand two, I remember visiting New York and going to with a couple of the memorials at the Ground Zero, and uh, in all the stores around Times Square, it was all nine eleven stuff that you could buy, and the only nine eleven memorial stuff that I bought was like two nine eleven shot glasses, which I always thought was the most funniest thing that you could probably put. To, uh, what a weird way to remember such a horrible tragedy of 9-11 with putting it on a shot glass. They've had a bunch of weird things pulled from it. They had a cheese board, like a board to put cheese on, 9-11. And it had like the time, the timeline of what happened on this cheese board. So you put cheese on and go, hi, have some cheese? And remember the tragedy. <laughs> That's so cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> People died, but how's the Gouda? Did yeah. you enjoy it? Um Crackers and death. Do you guys want to know what where I was? Yes, of course. No, <laughs> no. Let's move on. Um, I was, was the fucking plane, was you terrorist. I was sleeping uh, through. I slept through it, and then uh, the phone rang, and it was Jamila, and she was like, "Turn on the TV. It doesn't matter what channel you turn it to." <laughs> I'm a I robot. Like, but what? What? What happened? She's like, "The the World Trade Center is gone, and they also flew something into the Pentagon." And I was like. Huh? Right. That, that was basically. Yeah, some it. other comedian said that too. Is that we got a call in his hotel room, and the guy goes, "Dude, turn on the TV." Or Mark Marin, I think, said. Someone called him and said, "Turn on the TV." He goes, "What channel?" He goes, "Doesn't matter." Yeah, yeah. That and was, then that, that was the the thing. Right? I had a rehearsal at Second City, and then I went there, and everything was canceled. And then I remember I was at the bar, and I made a joke to a friend of mine. Like, in a, I guess it was an inappropriate time to make a nine eleven joke. That was the most inappropriate time, probably. But I made I, what I thought was there were so many reality shows at that time where they would show an accident, like. Uh, some accident like uh, I don't know race car or whatever and then they'd show it over and over again yeah. from different angles and in slow motion and I thought oh this will be on one of those shows later on they'll just keep showing the accident over and over and the person just this friend of mine just looked at me like how could you make a joke and but it was more I was trying to comment on how television exploits those yeah. kinds of things What's well, amazing, too, how quickly the marketing machine gets put together. Like right. how, how quickly someone designed a shot glass, sent it to a place to get made. Yeah. And like they had snow globes with you know the snow falling well, down. Well, I, I have two of those uh, freedom coins that, uh, that, you know, that have the two twin towers on them. And then you yeah. know, the, the towers raise off of the coins and yeah. stuff like that. But I have two of those. But it was just yeah. – I mean it, to me that was just sort of like the whole um, you know, the United States of marketing sort of uh, – you know, side of uh, let's take a tragedy and, and see how quickly we can make a buck out of it. It's amazing how quickly. And in Boy, I mean, was it the Boyd Banks did the oh the sex toys, the terrorizer? No, no, he, 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 he wanted to, sell, he to sell T-shirts down at the because he was making a, a joke about how there all this stuff was happening: snow globes, spoons, coins, cheese boards. And he said, like, he wanted to go down there with a T-shirt, and it had the Twin Towers exploding, and, and on the bottom it said, who farted? Yeah, who farted? <laughs> who farted? And people were like, <gasps> but it's like, you know, he goes, and he said, this is how we grieve, people. As comedians, this is how we grieve. We have, we just, to make it make sense to us and make a joke about it, like, this makes it. Well, that's what well, Joan Rivers said before she died. I make jokes about horrible things I because Gilbert Gottfried did. The you whole. might get, uh, you might be giving someone a vacation from the horror by making them laugh. Yeah, one of the actually one of the more interesting things about um, <clears throat> one of the more interesting things about nine eleven uh, was that. Um, they were shooting a Jackie Chan movie in Toronto at that time, and uh, the tuxedo. Right, but actually, it wasn't originally called the tuxedo. Originally, what was supposed to be happening was he was supposed to be a window washer uh, and On no the shit World Trade at the World Trade Center. And then after nine eleven happened, they were like, "Oh shit, we've got to rewrite this movie." So they were literally writing the movie as they were shooting it. So they had to develop this brand new script of, "Hey, oh, Jackie Chan has this magical tuxedo and he kicks people's asses." Have you ever seen the Spider, the original Spider-Man trailer? 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where he puts the the web in between the tower one and tower two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which it, they had to take out of the see nine eleven. I'll remember the date because you know nine eleven, right? And uh, I mean not not the year. I'm bad with dates. That's my whole thing. I, everyone says, oh, I remember this. It was this day. Where were you on this day? I remember the tragedies, and I remember feeling how I felt about when I heard about them and where I was. But I can't remember like exact dates of things. Like I was just talking about John Candy was one that really when he died it affected me. And I remember I was at work at Shoppers Drug Mart and it was on the radio. John Candy has died, and uh, apparently it was on uh, March fourth, nineteen. 19- 94. I hold a vigil wow. every day on Mar- March 4th. <laughs> I, every year. I just don't remember. I, just, I, I, just... I need cheeseburger and smoke a pack of cigarettes. That's what I do. <laughs> Should we take a break? Uh, yeah. Let's yeah, we can. Well, then when we come back, maybe we can talk about Princess Diana and where we were then and, and okay. other significant dates that all right. uh, we all remember. near me and uh, a guy asked if I wanted to sing, sing one of the songs. I'm going to do this one next time. I can do this. <laughs> Someone asked me if I wanted to sing a song so I got up there and I was like, shit, I don't know. It's so much easier when the words are there in front of you. Oh yeah, I know I couldn't. Yeah, like well, actually, when you actually try to have to sing a song on your own that you think you know, it's not, it's not as easy as you think. I was, want to hear a story about tragedy? I was, yes, uh, I do. This bar called, it was called Jingles, I think it was on. It's in the Royal York. That's where the waiters would sing. They'd get up and sing a song with yeah. the piano player every once in a while. And so they'd have, like, you could audition. They were looking for new singers, right? And I was drunk one night. And we staggered, staggered into this place. And all of a sudden, they're like, uh, yeah, you guys go to the audition? So, yeah, we'll just go up and sing with the, with the uh, piano player. <laughs> and I go, all right, I know a song. And so I was thinking about Neil Diamond's, uh, uh, Neil Diamond's song, uh, Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. So I was writing it down, the lyrics, and I couldn't remember all the lyrics. I'm used to singing at karaoke where it's just yeah, 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 where, yeah. It's right anyway, so I just couldn't remember the lyrics, so I called my friend up, and I'm like, "What's the lyrics to to, uh, to fucking uh, Neil Diamond song?" And, and he's like, "Dude, are you you're drunk?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." We I'm auditioning for it to be a waiter. At the, oh man, don't do it. At this I place just, called Jingles. Yeah, give yeah. me the lyrics. So, so I wrote down the lyrics. Um, and so uh, I get up there and I, sa- I sang the song, but I started just talking to the audience a lot. <laughs> hey, where are you from? Detroit. Uh, the sweet Caroline. Don't go to Detroit. You know what I'm talking about? I was doing like a, like a bait. Yeah, this they never, guy. This guy never, knows what I'm talking they never, about. They never called back, but uh, that was a, I was. I feel so, uh, how, so like, how, how, that. how much of the lyrics did you remember? I had it written down on paper. I wrote them. Right. Finally, he just told me all the lyrics. So he, he and how did up. he get the lyrics? I guess he was at home. There was a, before cell phones and with the... With the, with the, you could just look up on the internet. This is way before that. But oh, so okay. I think so, he said. So he had probably was at home. So it's not like computer. he had like a catalog of lyrics beside him. That was just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, I just happened to be reading. He was like movie phone of uh, song lyrics. That's right. The, what song do you want? No, but what, that's always funny. Like, that when was you a say tragedy. That was a tragedy. That was a yeah. Well, well, that's, like, that's when everyone, someone says, hey, you know what? I watch poker on TV. You know, it doesn't look like that. Uh, it's that yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're seeing the other person's cards. <laughs> yeah, it's real easy when you know what. Oh, if he did this and that, would happen? It's like, yeah. you know, so um, it's like watching a sport like after it's happened, you know. During the break, we discussed uh, other tragedies, minor tragedies related Lesser to known tragedies to yeah. 9-11, uh, one of which is. <laughs> Mariah Carey released her movie Glitter on September 11th. 
which uh, on that day. Well, the studio released No one ever it, talks about, it? by the way. That's a conspiracy. No one talks about that. Yeah. Where's well, that which mentioned? Which is funny because she made so There's much... There's a big conspiracy against oh. Mariah Carey. There he is. <laughs> Hi, Jesse. How Hi, do Jessie. we even know if she is Mariah Carey? It's hard to tell. She's cut up her face quite a lot. So. Operation Glitter, more like it. Right right, right there, Jesse? Yeah. Operation Glitter. <laughs> anyway, sorry. September uh, 11th. Oh, it's, what was funny is that she was so successful, and then she left her record company and went to another record company, and they banked so much money on her in that movie. Right. And then it bombed. Because of September 11th, and then they had to put her a shame out. Movie. They had to give her twenty million dollars or something just to get her rid of her. And then her next album at the next label she went to was another huge hit. So but it was, wasn't Glitter shitty anyways? Well, I actually am a fan of Glitter. <coughs> okay, I'm a big Mariah Carey fan. I've seen yeah. her in concert, and uh, I did not know that. And uh, yeah, well, she's great. I think she's a great singer. You, you have to you have to admit she's a great singer. She has. A great I, I don't. Set of I don't have to admit you that. You have but, to. Well, yeah. you were in Glitter. I, I, I was a, I, was a, I, of, I, I walked past with some, okay. you know, a bunch of cables but over my lots shoulder. Lots of people from Toronto are in glitter. Yeah, and, that and always ruins a movie for me. Like whenever I'm like, yeah, oh, oh man, this is a pretty good movie. And yeah, then I see I a fucking actor that I know, or I see a, a Toronto location. I'm like, ah, this is shot in Toronto. It's not yeah. New York. This is a piece of shit. But it's sort of like she was trying to do a Purple Rain kind right. of thing. She yeah, really yeah, got, yeah. The producers from the time to do the music for the, for it, like she's trying to capture that era, right? And, and do a Purple Rain, and Purple Rain isn't necessarily the greatest movie in the world either, but but, but Prince has the music to back it up. Well, she, I, you know what? I think she was tired. Just say that, man. Well, that. no, because I think she's a like she vocally. I mean, she's brilliant, brilliant songwriter too for that style of music. I the guess, love songs, yeah. like she's a music great, I have no interest in. Well, like. Elton John sort of piano, but I love Doctor Hook. So you know, yeah, Doctor Hook. Okay, we know. You can take the eye patch off, by the way. <laughs> I mean, Mariah Carey. I, we could do a whole episode on Mariah Carey. Where's her sex tape? Where's her sex tape? Where's her new? You know what? She pictures? hasn't needed one. She might need one soon, though. I'm yep. surprised that there weren't more celebrities that were down in the dumps that just. Uh, uh, upload naked photos of themselves to the internet and go like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this happened! Well, exactly. Look who's talking yeah, about yeah, me that's now!" Tragedy, yeah. You know what? If Jennifer Lawrence was really smart, you know what she should do? Uh, come do over, have, come over and have sex with me. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, no, no. She should actually almost go to a Playboy photographer and get professional photos done, and then release them in like you know ten years or something like that, and being like, "Oh yeah, well this is you know check this shit out." I'd rather go to a penthouse photographer. You know what I'm saying? A little more, <laughs> or a Larry Flint one. Yeah, yeah, a little more graphic. Little How more... about you pull those apart from the camera? <laughs> I'm Larry Flint. The... Uh, so what? What oh, death? Oh, we were talking about deaths that affected us and where we were during certain. De- Sorry, just doing a segue. Right back. No, right, right. To, to, no, I want to actually mention uh, another uh, tragedy oh, of uh, okay. of the musical proportions. Uh, he actually, David Hasselhoff had an album where he was like standing on the front of the Knight Rider car, and it was called Night Rocker, I believe it was called. <laughs> but uh, so he was going. He was putting all this huge production into this uh, television special. And was it a TV or pay-per-view? Uh, it was a pay-per-view. Okay. But it was, gonna, it was supposed to be a big, big deal. And it, like, it was everything cracked the North American market. Right, right, right. With and, his music. Yes. And it was his, I think, wasn't he already big in Germany at that point? Yeah. He's already he big in Germany. He was trying to carry that over. And he, yeah, yeah. It was just like his breakout thing. And uh, so it, it released, uh, gets, uh, it premieres on the same night at, or the same afternoon as the uh, O.J. Simpson uh, Bronco chase. So every cha- every channel is on that one thing, and, and uh, everybody's no watching, watching it, and David no one is watching David Hasselhoff. Yeah, and but it came out on the worst possible day. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's still similar to glitter, and glitter came out right, on nine yeah. eleven. Can, can you still get it? Is it still? I wonder if anyone, if any, any dudes came out on nine eleven, but came out. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I thought was would be great is if you were a smoker and you got to work early on that day, and then you were like, oh fuck, I need to have a smoke. And then you go down the elevator, go outside, smoke, plane hits. You're like, oh, my and God, cigarettes saved my life. Yeah, you, then you'd feel tragic about, like, quitting, you know? Yeah, oh, you'd be never like, quitting this habit. Yeah. Right. You'd be in a constant state of, like, it I have to have be happened. smoking all the time. It must have happened. There's also the story, I don't know if it's a, a, a urban fairy tale, but the guy who was cheating on his wife. Yeah. He, he wasn't at work. She sees the thing on TV. She calls him. 
to find out if he's okay. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just at work. And then that's how she found out he was cheating. That's right. pretty early to cheat, isn't it? That's like early. That's like wake Early and in the morning? No, I think it was later on <laughs> uh, in the day. The wake, guy yeah, was wake just... and cheat. Oh, off. The alarm. I got to get up and cheat. He was just <laughs> off having a rendezvous and he wasn't paying attention. They weren't watching the TV. Yeah. They didn't know what happened. They were fucking. <laughs> in other words. Yeah. So. Um, I've, so heard, I've heard that urban myth, but I think that's a... I think that's a, a, a story that's kind of made up so men don't cheat. Yeah, but there must there must be stories like that. There's movies. There's a movie that's about a bunch yeah, of well, short stories. Yeah, they don't make up movies. Connected. No, but I thought it was funny. Speaking of Nicolas All Cage. All movies well, we must be real. we were talking about Nicolas Cage. That the first movie was WTC. I've never seen it. They made a movie about the World and Trade Center. It was like a year after or two years after. I thought that was too soon. Uh, I never yeah, saw the movie. Did you ever see it? Nicholas Cage gets trapped under rubble. Oh yeah, uh, Barney uh, Barney rubble. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I did not see that. Okay, no, all I right, dead it. end. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I, no. Uh, it, uh, here's my question: What celebrity or famous person's death affected you the most? You mentioned one earlier, John Candy. John Candy. So, what was yours? What's one for you? Oh shit. Uh, while you think about it, I'll say mine. Okay. I think uh, for David's all the popes. Uh, yeah, he can't. He breaks his heart. I think it was dies. Carol Pope. I'm waiting for oh, her. Oh, oh, oh. For me, I think it might have been John Lennon, and the reason was because I was pretty young, so I knew who the Beatles were, and I loved the Beatles, but I didn't. I didn't know enough about the Beatles to know who they were individually. Yeah. So when John Lennon died, it suddenly became very clear to me who this guy individually was. And what his and then that's when I started to think of them as four separate guys. What yeah, year was yeah, that? Yeah. 1980. See, I don't remember any really real memory of that at all. You know, sadly, my memory is uh, getting up in the morning, uh, hearing it on the radio, and that John Lennon had been shot. And I and I clearly remember thinking to myself, uh, "Who's John Lennon?" <laughs> and then I because I knew who the Beatles were. Or because I think story. I was kind of yeah basically because uh, I remember uh, there was the school that I went to and then there was the alternative primary school and then we were in like three portables and one someone had like uh, it was a record player there I distinctly remember uh, the uh, Red Album Blue Album and Abbey Road were uh, in the classroom and we listened to those all the time so I, I knew who the Beatles were but yeah as individuals I had no clue and I and even to this day I think man what a fucking dick I was man I didn't know who John well, Lennon was you're young. but I was 8 years old yeah. so I think it's perfectly okay but that's what sort of really made me much I didn't know who my dad was that made me remember the, day. the space shuttle blowing up that was I remember that one what was that 84 no I think, uh, I think everything happened in 84. <laughs> it's easy. Nice. 84. Yeah, yeah I remember McLean's had a picture of one of the mothers looking up in horror. Yeah. And then every, it was very controversial. We were watching it at school. I think, on, on I think we were watching it at school, too. And it oh, happened. It happen live. Yeah. Yeah. We were watching it at I school. I was sleeping. <laughs> it, I would have been in like Jamila called and went, Sean, the space my first time in private school, uh, grade seven. No, 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 84, not the other one. Not the second one. <laughs> oh, okay. Which one? The first shuttle explosion. I when, what year was that? 84? I the only the real deaths that have really bought that, um, like, uh, tragedy-wise, the only real deaths that have ever, ever really gotten to me were um, Robin Williams and uh, Eric Tunney. Okay. And Eric Tunney is a... Uh, was it, was it was a Toronto, Toronto comedian, local. but... Uh, yeah. And, you know, he had his opportunities down in L.A., and it didn't, ha- it didn't work out like it doesn't for a lot of people or most people. But uh, it hit him hard, and he came back to Toronto. And he was the guy that I first saw at the Laugh Resort, and just thought, "Man, I want to be that guy." And are, uh, yeah, so that that one affected me, tragedies. and the Robin Williams one. I mean, me personally, uh, but and Rob, everyone, you know, got upset about Robin Williams. But I was upset about even Whitney. Steve Pearl, which is the guy that everyone always says Robin Williams stole his entire act. Man, he stole all the shit from Steve Pearl. And then you see near the end, like Steve Pearl and Rob Williams got back together and they became friends again. But I know everyone everyone talks about Rob Williams being a thief on stage, uh, comedy wise, which he admitted to in Mark Maron's podcast. But he called himself a sponge, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he said he pick it up. He just pick it up. It's uh, but I mean, I, everyone says he, he, he stole all these lines from Steve Pearl and did them on the Letterman show. And then, and then Steve Pearl and Robin Williams became friends again. So anything can happen. Um, I remember being very <laughs> – I was very upset about Whitney Houston dying. Yeah, that didn't Even really... though I could see it coming a mile away. Right, Anyone yeah. Anyone could see it coming. Anytime but... someone starts doing a re- – when Whitney Houston did a reality show, I was like, really? She's going to die soon. 
That's what I kind of thought. <laughs> Is that I was what like, that means when you get a reality. I kind of think like, oh, so. No, you know what this means? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 well, you're just sort of saying I give up, right? Yeah, I think well, so. I had it? a big crush. Rivers is doing that a reality was, show. Well, but just, she, I mean, hey. And then she died. Yeah. She's, yeah, and then she died, right? Oh, the That's kiss one looks horrible. The fourth Well, Gene Simmons is still oh around. Oh, God, what is that? Was know. them putting a football team together? Oh, I mean, yeah, reading just, football. What a, what, yeah. What's happening? They, they're not reading letters from the Kiss Army anymore. No one's, no one from the Kiss Army's like, hey, why don't you guys do a reality show where you try to put a football team together? They should have As a, a Kiss where, fans, I would like to see that. They should have a segment where Paul Stanley's reading uh, Kiss fan mail in, in his big princess bed. Okay, here's what I want. And his feet are, you know, dangling behind him. You know, he classic. has the craziest, most effeminate voice, Paul Stanley. Yeah. When I saw him in Phantom of the Opera, that one part where Phantom of the Opera is like, he's like, and she's in front of the mirror, he's like, Come to the mirror, Christine. <laughs> but he sounds, he can sing like a, you know, like a rock star, but then fucking him speaking, you're sort of like, ooh, man. Um, When's another, the, drag show, is the drag queen show over? Uh, another question we were going to discuss was uh, Princess Di and where we were when that happened. Oh, yeah. Because that was a big deal for our generation, I think, for, for some reason. I'm not sure why it was a big deal, but it was. It was a theme for me, but I was in a bar. It was like late at night when it happened. <laughs> and we all looked up and it was like, blah, 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 blah. You know, and all of a sudden, like, the bar got hushed and we're all like, <gasps> it was like, Princess Diana's been killed in a car crash. And it was all like, that was one of the first like live you, the whole night was like live just reporting yeah, all night yeah, yeah. long. <clears throat> well, it quickly took over every news station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they followed it all night long, and then the next day it was like. So that was pretty all night long. Crazy. I was at a cottage. <laughs> a lot of Richie was there. <laughs> I was at a cottage with some friends on Rice Lake. And, Ray, uh, Ray, Ray Rice Lake, and uh, uh, and we didn't no have elevator a, rides. We didn't Ray have Rice a television, Lake. and this was before everyone had cell phones that would tell you what was going on. Right. So we were really cut off for like a few days, and then we had to go to the store to get some stuff, and uh, that's when we just saw it. Uh, uh, this friend of mine was looking at the paper, and went, "Oh my God, Princess Diana died!" So it was like. Two or three days after it happened, that I even found out about it because it was cut off. And, was, and I know I actually don't understand what that like. I actually think there is a conspiracy involved with that one, but I I just I don't know why she's so important. I don't know why any member <coughs> of the royal family is important. Well, I I, I just uh, and this is just my interpretation of it. When I was growing up with it, it was like. She seemed like she was like the first member of the royal family that seemed like one of the people and very accessible. And she seemed yeah. like it. There wasn't this sort of pompous air that, like you know, like oh, this these blue blooded you know royalty that have like come down from like some mountain and now they just they're gracing us with their fucking presence. Right. I guess because she seemed like a, a a real person, genuine that that got real. brought into this wor- world, and that's why Which people is sort look of up to what her. the new. Princess is sort of like the right. one, who and the same it. thing with the New World Order. <laughs> the uh, who won't stop getting pregnant? Hello, lady. Yeah, yeah. Another prince coming out. I was like, whenever, whenever someone announced a, as a pregnancy, there's always a little yeah. fucking thirteen year old part of me who goes like, "Yeah, man, they did that from fucking man." Yeah. Whenever he came inside uh, that yeah. time, <laughs> if I'm watching, he put his pee in her V. Left it there for a while. If I'm watching the news and they start talking about the royal baby, I get so bored and angry because I'm just like, what the hell? There's nothing else going on in the world. Like, honestly, there's babies being born all the time. They're all just as important as this baby. I don't give a shit about the baby. If people want to have babies, that's great. Let's celebrate all of them, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's like with the Rob Ford thing. It's like, oh, okay, you feel that's sorry lo- for him. That's a lot of sharing. You feel like you every baby. feel sorry for him because he had a tumor. <laughs> the uh, you said you were in a bar when Diana was killed. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, the, it, was, uh, it was late at night. I mean, it was later at night because it was. Uh, well, I knew a buddy of mine that was at, at a, uh, a bachelor party. It was Darren Frost tells a story about being at a bachelor party, and uh, and, and even on all the sports channels, they flipped over to Princess Diana. Has just been killed. Oh my god! They they were able to stop watching sports for. I a know. Second. Well, they, a didn't cool have a, they didn't party. have watching the news. <laughs> they didn't have a choice. But it was it was in a strip club, oh. and so the news came up that Diana was. Mur- and then I remember Darren says he, he turned to a stripper and was just like, "Oh my god! Can you believe that that just happened?" She was like, "Oh my god! That's so terrible." Do you want to dance? <laughs> My answer would have been yes. I want to dance. Yeah. Why aren't we? Why am I not reading this for the first time while you're dancing? That's what I would say. The um, 
Right to business with the strippers. The one thing that it had. No time for tragedy when you you're a stripper. What day was it on? Was it on like a oh, month, Wednesday? It was, or? A, it was in the summer. That's all. Okay. I, I remember it because it was my very first road trip with uh, Glenn Foster. We were doing the this shithole of a, a bar in uh, Peterborough called The Office. And it was my very first road trip. And I went there in like my green suit and tie that I wore on stage for my first couple of years doing stand-up. I would wear a suit all the time. And uh, and so I, we show up at this Why total, did you start wearing a suit? I just didn't think that my act reflected a guy wearing a, a suit at a young age like I was at the time. Well, I mean, a young age of like, you know, 29 or 28. Right. It could be ironic, though. But, yeah, uh, but I mean, most of my jokes were all about shitting and fucking and <laughs> getting wasted. Still, irony. The suit makes it classic. They still are now, but now I just dress a little bit more appropriate. The um, uh, anyway, so the point was that I went to this bar. It was like a total roadhouse, and I was wearing. I stuck out like a sore thumb, and I bombed for like twenty eight minutes. And then Glenn Foster sort of waved me off, and he went on, and he killed, and he did this thing. And then on the way home, we listened to the radio, and then we found out Princess Diana was killed. And I think Christine von Hagen and I had an apartment at that time on Clinton Street. I remember going through the door, and she was watching on TV. We were like, holy shit. What she the said, fuck? Dave, did you have anything to do with this? No, she has. That's what she, <laughs> and and Dave goes, like, one yes. day I'm going to say that to I'm going to say that to someone else in the tragedy. 